0: Welcome to the Press Paul podcast. This is a place for us to engage and hear honest and curious dialogue about Nazareth College and the people who are at the heart of who we are. In our second season, we're continuing in 2022 with our Changemaker series. So today we're back for part two of our celebration of Women's History Month and the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which is happening in 2022. You are in for another great treat for this conversation. What a rich conversation we've had with our coaches and students. So let's dive in for part two. I'm really happy to be here with my co-host, Maya Sizer, who is one of our DEI student ambassadors, a senior business management major and digital marketing minor, who's also an accomplished member of the Nazareth women's basketball team. So now for part two,
1: Maya, let's get started. Sounds good. Now, just to pivot a little, I'm going to open this question up for all coaches, but we can start with you, Emily. Um, do you think male coaches and administrators have a responsibility to help bring visibility to women's sports, especially since that we see in a lot of um, a lot of colleges and universities, it tends to be um, men who are in those higher up positions?
2: Um, absolutely. Actually, rowing in particular is. Um, it's an NCAA sport for women, but it's not for men because it's not online. So it's even more important for um men to really push this the sports forward because women would not have an opportunity in rowing if it weren't for football and everything like that. So um I think it really falls on um especially for big schools, the football programs and basketball programs and um, any program that's getting a lot of um, coverage. It's really important for them to really shine a light on the fact that women's sports are there. And in some cases, um, for example, with rowing, it is the, um, it's the focus. I mean, men have rowing in college, but it's not a big deal. So you're seeing more and more men who are actually um, moving out of those head coach positions in rowing, and more women moving into the head coach positions in rowing. And that should be across the board, especially for women's sports, because um, men don't know what it's like to be a college athlete. I mean, I mean, a female college athlete. Um, it's different. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's different. Um, You have way different pressures on your shoulders than you do as a male. I mean, I don't know, but it's something that, um, I think needs to continue to be on the men's shoulders to push raising women up into these positions of, um, leadership. Taylor, go ahead.
3: I know I'm not a coach, but I think that it's also important to acknowledge that since we mentioned that the men's teams specifically are getting more media coverage using that, um, those male coaches and those um, male dominated sports and programs using that to push the spotlight over a little bit onto female sports, I think is really easy and, and huge for that. So just wanted to throw that in there.
1: No, I agree. I think that it's very easy even just to put on your social media like, hey, the women's team has a game go out and support them or to even physically themselves go and support a game when they don't play. I think that also plays a major role.
4: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, I think just a couple of years ago, I think um, like Kobe Bryant made a very strong statement of that, how he was so proud to be a girl dad Um, and, you know, girls in sports. So I think someone like him who had such a high platform and at a bit and a big platform and he used it. And then, you know, you saw all around hashtag girl dad, and everyone was, you know, proud of that and made like a movement with that. And I think, um, like Maya said, we're a little bit different, our sport, um, because we, we play back to back with, with the men every year. We travel with the men every year. Um, and I think we've done a really good job, um, supporting one another no matter what Um, and I think you know thankfully coach Broderick is awesome and and he's done a really good job with his team of you know making sure that they are supporting us just as much as we're supporting them Um, and you know coming to games even when we're not playing back-to-back or you know, supporting them when we're on the road because we're our only fans. So, you know, we see it a little bit more because we are playing together and traveling together. Um, but I do think it goes a long way for the men since they do have and have had a, a larger platform to use that um, to help, uh, you know, continue to spread awareness.
2: Can I add something? I think the biggest thing Um, that's important especially with men's sports is for the male head coaches to lead by example because if a young man sees their coach going to a women's game and going to a regatta or a match they're more likely to take that next step to go forward and go to those games Um, so it really falls on the coaches at the end of the day to take that first step to lead the young men for the future so that we can continue to have
0: this change. I think that's a really important point. And it's one of the things I have noticed in our, in our athletics culture, and it's a pretty special part of it, really. You don't see this everywhere, but, um, you know, it really is a, uh, a very supportive atmosphere and, and, you know, men are coming out for women's games. Women are coming out for men's games. It's really wonderful to see that because I think you're right. I think that we can't just focus on how do we impact women to encourage more um, involvement in athletics. It's got to be with, with men from a very young age.
5: Can I chime in, Sue, very quickly? Um, And I'm glad this came up because, you know, as we talk about DEI from a campus-wide institutional perspective, um, you know, irrespective of of what we're talking about today, this is a message that I hope gets across to everyone that's going to be listening to this. You do not have, have had to have lived in the same shoes as someone that you can be an ally for. You don't have to have that same lived experience in order to be an ally and to support. And so for those who think that well, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a female athlete, or I don't know what it's like to be an athlete of color. I don't know what it's like. Pick your identity. Um, that should not keep you um, from from using li- utilizing your agency and and, and, and your place of, of privilege or what have. You. And so um, you don't have to walk in someone's shoes uh, to be an ally. That's a great point. I
0: do.
6: I just wanted to say something quick. I um so Nazareth is the fourth. College in our conference, the Empire Eight conference that I've worked in um, and coached at in the last almost twenty years now. gosh, I'm getting old, Tracy. I'm getting old. Um, but I will say here, and this is something from, I guess, our top down from like Pete is our athletic director, Joe. You know, some of the ones that have been here a long time and run our department. Um, I mean, the presence of inclusion is there, and I think we have some really really solid bits and pieces like the flyer fanatic games you know it's all of us i mean everyone here wears many many hats head coaches most of us do game management when we're not in season but it's really nice to see as you know a coach who's been at this some years when i turn around on our turf field in the fall and there's you know kelly does game management for us but then there's coach rule you know coach jack from softball to see them there, visible But then after our games to talk with them or to get a text or a phone call, like, hey, your girls did really well today. Like, even for me in my role, like that, that support and that consistency, you know, and knowing that, hey, at the end of the day, we're all coaches. We're all coaching collegiate level student athletes, just everyone consistently showing up for each other, you know, and that's that really helped me, especially my first two, three years, in addition to everyone and everything else here. But that's that's huge and it goes such a long way, you know. And then when my players, when they are able to form some good relationships with other student athletes on other teams, and it just kind of naturally happens, I think that's a key thing too, where it's just natural and it becomes like a built-in thing. Like Kelly was saying with the basketball teams, that's awesome they have that. Like I wish we had male field hockey in this country at the college level, but it's you know the bits and pieces are there. Um, and I think they're adding up to some really, really awesome things, at least from what I see and what I experience.
1: Yeah, that's a really awesome point. Um, we've talked about it already. Like we just brought it up mm-hmm. about how it's really like our program and it's people instilling it in our program that yeah. what we're going to be is inclusive and we're going to be supportive regardless of like what Dr. Wayne said, whatever you identify as. And I think that what we'll see, well, hopefully we'll see across different schools and organizations, no matter D1 or D3, is that hopefully more male programs put more in their program of that inclusivity so that we'll see a better push and a bigger push for women in sports, in women's sports. So going off of that, as President Paul mentioned, um, this year is the 15th anniversary of Title IX. So as as we reflect on the significance of it, What does it mean to be a women's sport for all of you?
7: You know, I think one of the most important things, is just being a positive female role model to not only our own student athletes, but for all the athletes at Nazareth, um, so that young women who are playing any sport now see that, hey, this is a career path I can take. I can become a coach. I can become an athletic administrator as well. And I think that's really important. If you see her, you can be her.
2: Kind of building off of that, um, I know as a past student athlete myself, um, it was the best um, 48 months that I ever had. Um, and so I try to remind my kids that they only, I mean, this is your time to put it all out there. It just means that we have a, a role to play in these young women's lives that is like no other, just like they have um. The opportunity to change the world moving forward?
6: I think it's fantastic. I, um, I mean, wherever I go, wherever I am, whether I'm with my team or not, um, and especially whenever I'm visibly wearing anything Nazareth or Nazareth College field hockey, like it is just, it's so empowering. Like it's so just like we're here, we're consistently, um, like President Paul said, like teaching and leading and for me coaching has always been teaching if I wasn't coaching I'd be teaching kindergarten because that's what my undergrad and my master's degree are in but I just the, the competitive side of coaching the teaching part of it every day on the field yes but off the field and I, I know we touched on this earlier Kelly and Tracy mentioned it it's it's all those big picture life lessons, everything that falls under that umbrella and those relationships and the teaching that goes into building those bonds. Um, And, you know, I think, and again, we each have our own stories, but the point that I'm at now where, you know, 40 years old, been doing this for 20 years, my playing days are long over, you know, and now seeing my son get involved in his own athletics and his team and just, the male side of that, because I grew up in a family of all girls, you know, the oldest of three. So it's just, it's opened my eyes a lot and helped me, you know, personally, yes, but professionally just grow this team and this program and work through some things. And I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I think, you know what I'm saying? Um, But it's just, I think all of us in our positions, and I cannot speak for everyone, but I, I take great pride in it. And it's, you know, these families and these parents, they're trusting us with, with their children, with these student athletes. And, you know, some are very young when they come in, they're 17 years old. So to be a part of these formative years, um, it's, it's, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud to do what we do here. I don't know. I
1: agree with, I
4: agree with everything. I don't know if this is allowed on the podcast, but I just feel like when I'm when I'm a woman in a woman in sport, I feel like it's just badass, Um, and, and and like, I I just feel, I love it. I feel proud. And I feel, you know, when you, when you're talking to someone and they find out you're a women's basketball coach or you were a women's basketball collegiate player, um, you should wear that on your sleeve and you should be proud of it. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a cool story and it's something to, that you'll have for life. Um, we have a, we have an alum in our program who's currently, um, interning with the NCAA and, um, I spotted her on the TV, uh, during a game two nights ago, um, as a site rep. And I was, I saw that Kelly on your Instagram story, story. go Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. I was so incredibly proud of her. Like I teared up. I, I, I saw her on the, on the screen for so many different reasons, but it was like, Here she is, uh, you know, an African-American female on the screen, on an NCAA game, um, you know, two years after graduating. um, And the fact that she was, you know, one of my own, badass. That's it.
0: (laughs) I love that. And, you know, I love that you're making that point. I have to say, I have a pet peeve that I'm going to share with you. Uh, I think language matters. And I think this is one of the things that Title IX has really uh, opened for us. It, it matters to me that if we're going to say men's sports, we're going to say women's sports. If we're going to call male athletes men, we're going to call women. We're going to call female athletes women. And you know, I think I think in our society uh, we still use words to minimize and to marginalize. And using girls marginalizes. Not to say that girls in sports, when they are young girls, that's fantastic, and that's what Title IX is all about. Adult women are women and we need to be, um, I think important, you know, I think we have to be careful with our language so that we are not marginalizing our athletes. That's my pet peeve. I actually call the, um,
2: the women on my team ladies, because I like to give them a separate moniker than without the man in there. Love Um, it.
0: Love it. because I think it's an important aspect. Let's look forward, you know, title nine, 50 years, let's have 50 more years of title nine. Where are we going to go? So as we look forward into the 10 years into the future, Taylor, where do you see women in sports 10 years into the future?
3: Well, actually listening to everyone's perspective on this call, I've actually never had a female coach throughout all of my swimming. I've only ever had male coaches before. Uh, whether that was high school, club swimming, my current college coach, and my previous college coach, all have been men. And I think that even when I was at NCAAs last week, I looked on the deck, it's all men. There's women there, but they're assistant coaches. And as great as that is to have female assistant coaches, and it's the right start, I think that we need to be having that in a much bigger um, atmosphere. You look at men's and women's swimming is coached by one coach. We don't have two separate coaches, which is fine. Totally unnecessary for where we are. Some programs and at the Division One level might have a male coach for the men's team or a female coach or vice versa. Um, but we have one male coach, and that's all I have ever had. And so when we lost our male coach, he retired this past summer, and we were looking for a new coach. I had to confront a lot of bias that I had that I didn't know I had. Cause we had female coaches apply and I had to catch myself cause I was like, Ooh, I, I don't know. Like I've never had a, a female coach before. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And I had to sit there for a while and kind of reflect and say, well, why does that make me un- uneasy? You know, I've had this female assistants, like I've said, they've come on the pool deck and they're just as assertive and knowledgeable and even more decorated than some of the male coaches I've had. And yet male athletes within my lane or even some coaches I've had in the past have looked at them saying like they're kind of they're a little much or oh I don't like mm, I'm not gonna listen to them like I'll just wait till our head coaches talking again and I think that's that's a shame and I uh, that happened while I was at NAS and I shut that down immediately but you know you don't think that you could be part of it or that as like a female athlete that I could have that bias but I definitely did And so I sat there for a while and just like, wow, why, why do not, why do I not as a female athlete want a female coach? And why has that been something that I've had to like work through myself? So I, I'm hoping in the next 10 years, we see a lot more female head coaches, uh, especially in the sport of swimming, you know, when a lot of times it can be one coach for two teams. I think there's a lot of great female athletes, just like there's a lot of great male athletes and coaches and why not combine that? I also think that like we mentioned that commercial, there's so many awesome moments, like being a woman in sports, like I watch the TV and I see all these like male highlight videos and they're not specifically male, but most of the clips are and then you see like one female video and you're like, wow, that's really awesome. Like I think that's really cool to be something and someone that that could clip could be of me and somebody could see that and be like, wow, that's really cool. and. I mean, not to make a huge list, but also, like, as a sport that, at a swim meet, we have men and women, it alternates. Some years it's men's events, then the women's event, and then it just goes, like, down the line, and vice versa. And I've been at meets, where it's just like, oh, like, basically, it's a men's event, and then you have to get through the women's event, and then it's another exciting men's event, because they make more splashes, so it looks more exciting than the women. Like, I was at NCAAs this past weekend, and the women were going second, so it was the last event of the morning, and... There was a false start and so the first leg of the relay swam the whole leg all of them and then they stopped and originally they were like oh we'll give them 10 minutes and then they'll swim it again that's not enough time (laughs) to recover completely and sprint another 100 free and so all these coaches were like absolutely not absolutely not but part of me sat there for a second i was like would we have been having this conversation if this was the men's relay they would have been oh these are big guys they need a lot of time to recover there's a lot of things like just general imbalances that, and it was corrected. Luckily, they swam the mile before they did another relay. But um, I think there's just a lot of instances of just really deep-seated bias and little things that we don't really recognize are um, are the problem. And as an athlete that's honestly grown up as being a, a girl and then woman in sports, like that bias was kind of set onto me as I've never had a female coach. I don't know how that would feel. I don't know what that would look like because all the assistants kind of play that maternal instinct in my experience and the male head coach is just the heavy hitter. So I'm hoping as a very long-winded answer (laughs) that we just see more um, female head coaches. We see more um, women just being awesome and we see it and we really know that it's there because it's already happening. It's just not something we're always aware of.
0: That was such an outstanding answer. I have to say you are a DEI ambassador and you will go out into this world and be a DEI ambassador. Uh, so that's my hope as a well future
6: educator.
3: Like I'd, one bet. of the big reasons I joined is I was like, I want to be a coach in high school and, you know, run a band program and you know, be involved in these students' lives. And yes, I am a female athlete, but I can't like Dr. Hilson was saying, I can't walk in everyone's shoes. And this is the closest way that I can get in there and understand what's going on.
0: Well, and model for people that we all have biases and that part of this journey is to interrogate our biases and to become very aware of them and open our minds and open our eyes. And that was just beautifully done. I I thought that was incredibly powerful. Um, Maya, I'd love to know what you think about where sports, women in sports, where are we going to be a decade from now? I'd love to hear your thoughts.
8: I don't have the perfect word to encompass what I'm thinking, but I'm just excited to see a lot more women. I think women dominate sports. And we've seen that from like the Olympics to like collegiate athletes and specifically in lacrosse, like we've seen it advance so much and become so much faster paced and women are so strong. And I'm so excited for people to be able to see that and like the rules to change. And it's less about like contact and blowing the whistle. And it's women get nice jerseys that, and they get pads and they get to have contact and they get to do all those things and dominate their sports. But then also I want to see like more like mental health representation where women are treated like people and they're not just athletes or just mothers or just anything like they're coaches, they have jobs, they're professional and they can do it all, but also recognize that they are human too and human first and put first. And along with that comes a lot of respect. So like we've talked about coverage and everything, and I'm excited to see like women dominate in sports, dominating coaching roles, dominate professionally, but they're also respected. So like when a coach, is concerned about a play like they're taken seriously and it's not like you're just being emotional blah blah blah. it's they're taken seriously like they're in a professional they know what they're talking about women can be refs women can be head coaches women can do it all and so I'm just excited to see all of that
0: kind of grow in the next 10 years that is awesome you both give me such incredible hope and optimism for moving forward and every coach here should be really really proud of of uh how you have opened this future through these incredible women athletes i'm just so
1: inspired that's great yeah i agree i think women can do it all as a well woman myself i think that in the future i know we talked a lot about college but even to see women take more head roles in professional sports like the nba and the nfl like we saw previously the in the nba the first assistant coach for the spurs becky hayman who's now a coach for the wmba but also having a first woman's referee and i'm pretty sure she was from rochester um, in the nfl like those are steps that i feel like we need to be taking and hopefully we will be taking in the future
3: And we have to just break the stigma that women's sports aren't as exciting to watch. I don't know what, where that came from at all, but you know, you look at, you know, the both basketball people come to the men's game and your game is right before it. And there's no reason not to go. Or like I saw the women's World Cup when I studied abroad and we were like, yeah, USA. And we went to a little sports bar to watch in Spain. And we were like, oh, my gosh, no one's going to like us because we're like, oh, wait, no one cares. It's women's soccer and we're in Europe. And, you know, they're not going to fight you (laughs) about cheering for the United States. But, you know, it's just as exciting. There's no reason. We just have to change that um, stigma, break it.
1: Yeah. And then also, Maya, I think you brought up a very good point that I think we've had a lot more. We've seen a lot more conversations recently in the news of taking mental health seriously. As we've seen, unfortunately, there's been numerous suicides in the past couple of weeks, let alone months. Um, They've, from what I've seen, they've mostly been women in sports who seem like they had it all. They were dominating in their sports. They were dominating in the classroom and outside of the classroom, but that pressure was too much to handle for them. And I think that that's also an area that we need to touch more upon. So thank you for bringing that up. So moving off of that, um, Tracy, what do you try to instill within your female athletes?
7: Um, I try to instill just the confidence, um, try to help them to find their own inner confidence that they can be who they want to be. Um, You know, when they come in from high school, they might feel like they were in a certain box, but you can always grow and learn and become better um, than you were before. You don't have to fall into the categories other people put you in. Um, So I just try to instill that confidence within my female athletes to strive to be the best they can be on and off the field, to be good humans, to give back to the sport, to give back to other people and just help make the team and the college and the
1: community a better place. That's really good. And I've had, I know a couple of your players, obviously Maya, and like Emma Robinson, Perry, all of them. So they definitely exhibit those qualities. So you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, so going off of that, what advice do you wonderful women have for um women who want to coach in the future? I know that for me personally, I've had thoughts about it, but what advice would you give?
2: Do it. It's gonna be hard. It's not easy. Um, when you're managing so many different emotions of so many kids plus your own, it's definitely not easy. Um, and the pandemic definitely threw uh wrench in the whole thing, Um, but it's also one of the most incredible experiences that you will ever have, Um, being able, um, someone said it earlier, but being able to um, be a part of these young women's lives um, in their formative years, it's such an honor and it's something that you will never forget um, just how much it means. So do it, go for it. I think
7: getting involved with coaching once you graduate is a great way to continue on with the sport that you love. Um, I have many athletes that have graduated and they coach at all different levels or they start officiating and it's hard. It's a hard transition for college student athletes to not have that anymore. So I think being a part of your sport after you graduate allows you to continue on and get back to your sport and impact many other people as well.
6: I think if it's like, if that seed is already in your brain right now, and you're saying it out loud, or you've thought about it, absolutely do it in some capacity, stay involved. Um, it's, I come back to the analogy a lot, like in season, out of season, recruiting season, when Things are very next level, crazy in all the best ways, but it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Just stay the course, be consistent in whatever you're teaching to your team, saying to your team, what you're communicating to these recruits or the ones that are going to continue to build your program. Um, you've got to be tough and you have to be resilient because we, we are in, and it, it, it's an is what it is thing, but we're, we're in a male a much, I would say, it's it's a more of a male dominated field. It is D1, D2, D3, our administrators who you know oversee us. It is that's the nature of the beast right now. But you know, I know we've talked about it's the 50 year anniversary. Where you know, some have shared thoughts on 10 years down the road. Just do it. Keep going. Be yourself. Be yourself. Everyone is different. Everyone teaches and coaches differently. There's, there's really, there's no wrong way as far as the X's and O's and a lot of the other things, you know, a lot of those other hats that we put on. Because um, your team, be authentic. Just be you, and that's going to be one of the thing that you will come back to. Is you have to be your true self every day, every day. When it's hard, that's when it's tough. You know, it's e- it's not easy, but. Sometimes the days that you win, we talked about this in staff meeting last week. It's like, oh gosh, thank God we won. You know, it's those losses and the tough days where you've got to just be consistent, stay the course, work through it. There's always a solution. There's always a solution.
1: Well, if no one has any other thoughts, I want to thank you and thank President Paul for inviting us all to take a part of your roundtable and to be on your podcast.
0: Oh my gosh, this has been the best. Thank you so much. I am so inspired. I'm just, I'm moving from here and in a very, very positive and energetic way, you all truly lift me up and I very much appreciate it. It really has been a pleasure to have this conversation, both in honor of Women's History Month, but also in honor of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. You really make us proud. You really make us inspired, you really make us reach forward. And I am so grateful uh, for you all. Thanks to the coaches who participated. We have such outstanding women coaches, it's fantastic. Thanks to the DEI student ambassadors, what incredible role models you are for every single one of us. Thanks to Wayne and Community and Belonging for working with this great program thanks to everyone for being here today and for listening. I hope you're moving off from this in as much uh, power and inspiration as I have. So thank you for listening. Thank you all.